Hey y'all, Illidan here with a quick message. We realized episodes 1 through 12 had some rough audio and tech issues, and I tried to edit it all out, but it didn't quite meet our standards. So what we're going to do is we're going to be re-recording some of the topics in later episodes that inevitably will have more ideas and different content still pertinent to the original topic. So as you listen to these older episodes, we humbly ask for your patience as we press on and strive to bring you better content each week. If you'd like to continue hearing uh, the original episode, keep listening. If not, look for the topic name in our episode list in our new episodes, where we've learned to fix some of those issues. We hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, goblins and paladins all, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast, where we, the story weavers, help you as players and dungeon masters, new, old, and aspiring, with questions and ideas for your next tabletop role-playing game. I'm one of your hosts, Illidine, and as always, I'm here with Thorne and Robbie. Hello. Howdy. And today we have a guest, one of Thorns and my uh, story weavers from the past, Brian. Hello. So today we're, we're going to be uh, talking about uh, shooting from the hip and DMing for um, the unexpected. And Thorne had the, uh, the first question for you today. So I'll, I'll give it over to him. <laughs> and, and my question is not exactly topic-wise. It's, it's a curiosity. It's something that we'd like to ask... Uh, other story weavers and DMs that come on the podcast is, is who was your first character? My first character that I played was actually a randomly generated one that my DM gave me when I went to uh, uh, Heroes and Fantasies. I actually went with one of my friends there. Like, actually, he's here or he's part of this cast, uh, Forrest. Okay. And we were we were given I don't remember her name, but we were given a female wizard, I believe. And our character lived a grand total of about ten minutes. <laughs> That's the one reason it's so memorable to me is just because we were just this timid wizard that because uh, Forrest and I were playing it together, but we were just this timid wizard that was trying to help. And we kept just kind of bobbing in and out of action. Mm-hmm. And the one time that I wanted to go in, I step on a rune that sends me flying up about like 200 feet nice. straight into the wall and then slam down to my death. <laughs> now, was this like a, <laughs> um, a, a adventure league or it was just a, a group of friends that y'all went to, to Heroes of Fantasies? It was an adventure league. Oh, awesome. That, that stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. How old were you? Uh, shoot. 22? Really? Okay, so not that long ago. 22 or 21, yeah. It was, it, yeah, one of the two. And so how long have you uh, been playing D&D? Since then? A little before then. Like, I would host, but I never was really a player. I've always oh, okay. been, people have just come to me more to just host and DM. So I'd say I've been DMing for about at least eight, nine years. Okay. And in that time, what's, uh, what's your most memorable dealing with, with players? I think the biggest thing to me is always just having so many resources to go off of. Like, mm-hmm. my thing that I at least... For what I use as, I guess, training 
to deal with a very sporadic characters is uh, just going through different pam pamphlets, you know, the free ones. If you want to purchase some, you can. Either or is fine, but just keeping interactions, events, little mini quests, things like that in the back of your head to just kind of throw into it and just go off of it. Gotcha. Because I mean, like, I, most people will have like a linear story, like, hey, go from A to B, A, B to C. But then most players, at least people that I've been playing with, you're trying to go from A to B and they're like, wait, but what's that over there? Oh, wait, that's taking you straight to like three, which isn't even a letter, but <laughs> now you're there in the numbers. But what, what he asked though was, what was your most memorable? My most memorable, honestly, so far would have to be uh, Thorin's Tobin. Yeah, I could see that. Tell us, tell us a little bit about it. what was what was so memorable about him. The biggest moment that I can that always pops in my head that he loves to talk about too is when I DM. I'm not afraid to kill my players. Honestly, it it I'll throw out some warnings here and there, but if you have to give the truth, you try to kill your players. <laughs> well, that too, but because I'm not scared to kill them. I threw like 20 skeletons at them or, some, or something around there, a high amount. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it was more than that. It was like 30. <laughs> and it was not just exactly. me and one other player. Yeah. And no the, other player had a, the other player had a, uh, had a pet, but I downed the both of them. And mm -hmm. then it was just Thorin. And he had this brilliant idea to just go into this casket in the wall that they came out of and just poke them down because they were just mindlessly following him, trying to kill him. And he would just hit them hard enough that they would fall and take fall damage and repeat, rinse and repeat until they all died. <laughs> and I just sat there like, well, it's going to be one of those campaigns. <laughs> it was, you said it yourself though, it was smart. I, it was. We were going to die. We were going to die. <laughs> That's, that's the thing with, with um, I mean, that's the topic is that unpredictable players and, and how to DM them. Uh, I try my hardest to be smart when I'm playing a character, unless my character is not smart. Uh, but I could always, I love seeing that some of the stuff I come up with and, and watching Brian's face as I came up with it. And they were like, he was like, what? And it, it's, it's, it can be hard work to, to do that kind of thing. And I can only imagine what it was like being a DM because when you DM that campaign, we hadn't known each other that long. And yeah, so that was, was that field. yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Tobin, I got to admit, is probably one of my favorite characters ever played. But uh, just that whole campaign, even when it was just, you know, the three of us doing it, was a lot of fun and i thought you handled the the i guess the the punches that i threw at you because i threw a lot of them uh, oh i know i thought you handled them <laughs> i thought you handled them very well i will say one of my memorable moments that i actually like took just about like a whole day to myself and i was like you know what i'm gonna mess with my group how do i mess with the group I know how to mess with everyone individually, but they're all always huddled around Tobin. Mm -hmm. 
okay, so let's take Tobin out of the equation. So I, I took a whole day to myself just to plan out how to get everyone away from Tobin or just to get Tobin away from everyone. And it worked out just beautifully <laughs> for a split moment because then everything <laughs> just kind of came caving down, but I had my moment. <laughs> so you forcefully split the party. Yeah. So I, I like to pay attention to like what the, the uh, how people play their, their characters and just like what kind of edges them on, like what they like, what they dislike. So uh, Tobin loves magic. And I, from the very start, I had given Tobin this special card that basically let him get in contact with these um, magical twins that only he has access to. So that's where it started. I'm like, well, he always likes to meet them alone because the last time that he took someone, they ruined it, which still worked in my favor. So take Tobin away because he, he gets a message like, hey, we want to we meet you. We have an item or something. So I get Tobin out. So everyone naturally ends up just kind of relaxing, trying to not cause any trouble, but I needed them to cause trouble. So I start picking at the players. Uh, our friend, Chris, who was playing, uh, what was it? A dragonborn wizard? No, he was, a, he was a blood angel wizard. Blood angel wizard, there we go. A blood angel wizard and his pet dragon Nibbler hated uh, Wyrens. So I just, you know, just a couple Wyrens just happened to pass by. <laughs> and Nibbler, being a dragon, has a really good sense of smell, picks them up, and they instantly just go start fighting them. What they didn't know, and they found out later though, is it's also technically illegal to kill Wyrens in the city. Nice. I, got, I, I planted all these little things, and it's just, I believe uh, Forrest was in that campaign as well. And I had him go out. No, he, was, he had already left because he was trying to get into a guild of uh, mer mercenaries mm -hmm. to work with them. Why? Honestly, I'm still not sure. But, you know, he, he can do his own thing. <laughs> on his way there, though, I had worked it out where basically he was led on by one of their, their, mercenary, their top mercenaries took him into like an alleyway and then just beat him down. <laughs> just took everything from him and left him there. And who else did we play with? I think it was, no, I think it was just those two, right? Nah, cause uh, our, our friend Terry was there too. He was the dragonborn uh, bard. Oh, yes. I think I just took him into like through a portal. Yeah, and then I it was something, him back. you got him. Yeah, you got him away, and he actually is the one that found Forrest. Yeah, I dropped him back. I think he's the only one that, like, miraculously, like, landed all his roles for once, and he got away safely. So I'm like, man, okay, that's that's fine. But I threw a wrench in uh, Thorin's plans because the 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 killing the, the Wyrens and everything took a really hefty price, and they were after, basically, Nibbler and uh, Chris's heads. Someone lost all their equipment. And then that was Forrest. Forrest? Yeah, he's the one who lost all his equipment, everything. Yeah. And then he I basically believe... got mugged. <laughs> and then uh, Thorin had to, like, I think he ended up just kind of taking the blame for everything. I've heard this story, but I usually tell it, um, I usually hear it a lot differently. <laughs> so, 
Well, you hear it from my side of my point of view. <laughs> well, Brian is the evil DM. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> no, it, I mean, honestly, it was genius. It really was. Because there was nothing going to stop us when we were all together because I was leading everybody. And he took me out of the equation because the place where uh, Tobin went to meet the magic shop was a pocket dimension. So I heard nothing, saw nothing. I come out of this pocket dimension and everything that I'd been working on for weeks was just done. And it made me think outside the box. And it actually ended up for really great RP, which as everybody knows is, is my favorite. So, <laughs> um, How would you suggest newer dms um to deal with something like a tobin my honest opinion would be really just i understand that the, the rule book the book is there but really to take that as just kind of a guide uh don't take it word for word and the biggest thing is just you know you have to try to have as much fun as you can mm-hmm. while i i personally as a dm do try to kill my players i'm still trying to make sure that everyone is having fun i give them a challenge but i don't make it impossible per se right so my biggest thing would just be really just you know take the punches and just kind of go with it in any kind of creative way you can if you need to take a moment sure again that's where like at least for me having those um little pamphlets uh mini quests something like that in hand just throw them for a loop just use that in its place until you can come up with something else to to deal with their main like issue or something that they threw into your plans and start trying to get them back at least onto the path okay yeah i can see that um out of curiosity like when how much of your how much of your like of your roles do you typically keep like if you roll like a percentile for or like an encounter dice for the your difficult player to encounter do you usually um usually just up the ante with that or do you just stick with what you usually roll what oh um so like you know uh if you if you roll for um say like an encounter or something like do you how much of it is how much do you stick to how easy the encounter would be or for a more difficult player do you usually just up the up the like cr of like creatures or make the challenges harder for them to deal with them my general response to it would just be i really honestly just do kind of a coin flip i either add more enemies <laughs> or make the enemies just a little tougher so it depends on just that coin flip. And it generally for me, either or works really nicely for any kind of like bigger group. Now, when I came into the campaign, this was already after the Wyvern attacks um, and after, you know, everyone had a bounty on their head. Um, and we were just, uh, when I came in, I was, I was Illidine and we had uh, a chapter of, of my house layer under there. And you set up this like plot hook that the house wasn't really following the house, which really peeved my character. And when I had met Tobin, 
apparently the people who were running that house peeved Tobin. And so, you know, we kind of uh, got together and wanted to go up against this, this family. Um, and you had set up this, this potential encounter uh, where we stormed the castle. But there was, there was something that I want you to talk about that we didn't, or I guess you didn't expect that we, Tobin and I would do with the antics that our rogues do and pickpocketed everybody. <laughs> the first time that you guys stormed the castle, right? Well, it was more of we, we pickpocketed the, the people, got a whole bunch of money. And uh, I think the way Thorne would put it is we bought an army. Oh, Yes. So again, it's like, I already knew how strong the group itself was. And then having you come into the group and then you telling me what your character had and what your character is bringing to the table already. I was like, okay, so this is already a very deadly team just with two of them alone. So I need an army to take care of them. So I amassed a whole army, which is great. I had a whole army. Mm -hmm. I just didn't really think that you guys would bring your own army to fight my army. <laughs> and then uh, I think honestly, the, the biggest thing that made a, a difference is that when you guys enter the castle, uh, the way I had the castle set up, I had guards walking around and just events that basically could be triggered. And I rolled for all of them because I figured at least a couple of them would land either guards would see you and it would start a fight in there or maybe you should, we, you would activate some traps and it would just go downhill for you guys. But I just kept landing natural 20s. <laughs> and you guys made it scot-free all the way basically to the end. And I, I was just like, huh. Note to self, don't do that next time. <laughs> Too late now, though. So you would yeah, advocate... I mean, go ahead, Thor. I was going to say, if it's, you still roll from the hip and you did good with it because I mean in the end we ended up fighting like what five gens yeah yeah I mean that was and that if, if it wasn't for a, a few lucky wands ones. that we had found <laughs> and some lucky ass rolls we would have died there well yeah that was the that was supposed to be like the end of it the main reason I will say I specifically had out the thought of killing the group was just because the main um the main book series that i was using to fuel the story and everything it, it was supposed to be seven like books but the people that were making the the series ended up just stopping at three so for me at least i was like well this has been a great story as it is but there is kind of just like a stop point and i'd feel weird personally for me making my own story with like someone else's if they already had three books out so I, mm -hmm. i'd for me personally i would rather have them finish it and since they're not gonna finish it and in, in my head i'm like well i'm just gonna kill my group <laughs> so for and story purposes. that didn't help in, <laughs> essentially Gotcha. And I think because I, I think that the, the castle storming was book two, because we ended up going to this, I don't know, like paradise black box puzzle, because yep. we entered into a room with no room. 
a door with no doors and windows with no windows and the god's domain (laughs) yeah and that was interesting until uh tobin or rather thorn actually he figured it out whenever we did a certain action the opposite was going down and he noticed that you were paying attention to either a chart or something in front of you on your on your phone or your computer and you were making sure i guess you know i'm assuming where we were on the map and so thorn being his his unruly self decided (laughs) to uh to just throw out like 30 different directions all at once (laughs) to see if you could follow along how would you have just did you actually try to follow that along or did you just like that they're right here realistically you guys only had to move about five tiles out and he got four of them and then you were you're you moved back about two and then you moved back two. so i was keeping up with it for about like half of it (laughs) and then i just like you were he kept getting to the fourth one i'm just like you know what whatever it it's close enough i'll take Mm -hmm. it just to push the story along right so is that something that you would suggest for uh for other dms is if you guys if you throw out a a puzzle that not necessarily is too hard but it were just we're skating right next to the answer or even if a puzzle doesn't have technically an answer if we give something that's cool enough or funny enough we just move along Oh yeah, definitely anything that just pushes on along the story and just the, the campaign, but don't just do it because they're just taking forever. If right. they're getting close enough, I mean, close enough is close enough. Or at least try to start working with them to get them in at least the general direction or to potentially solve it. Yeah, I, it w- I, I bring that up because uh, Thorne is fully aware of a uh, puzzle PDF that I came up with uh, with the help of a couple of different websites. I did did some puzzle research uh, in like subreddits on D&D. There was some uh, DMs Guild stuff and they ended up with a 31 page dungeon <laughs> to throw at, <laughs> at, throw at the party. <laughs> and it was just puzzle after puzzle, but they were all all different and some of them they you know they blasted through they they knew exactly what it was and then some of them you know the answer was just open the door they just wouldn't (laughs) well yeah i mean that sometimes the simplest solution really trumps everybody because they're like it's too easy it's too easy something's gonna happen yeah it's just those mind games really yeah yeah i I remember Go ahead. I think my favorite mind game to play is something that Brian does uh, when we were just in the in, we're in the city and, you know, uh, Thorn or I will say, hey, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go pickpocket this guy. OK, great. And you hear like a 100 dice from behind his DM screen roll. And you're like, oh, uh, well, what, what was that? I don't know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, OK. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was great at that. He would just roll random dice. I'd be like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Nothing." And that that honestly, if you have an unruly player or a player that's just completely unpredictable, uh, like especially like with me, 
I like to know what's going on. I want to know what roles you're making. <laughs> <laughs> and to tell me it's none of my business, just like great on me. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, I oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was, uh, before we move on from that, from that subject, uh, go ahead and do what you're going to say what you're going to say. Okay, I was going to ask another question. Jax, get away from me. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, I, I wanted to know, because like in the beginning, uh, like when it was just the three of us, Brian, when, when we had the one puzzle in the first book, and uh, I mean, there's just a lot of extraneous information in the clues, and Tobin just got fed up and just hit one thing and it actually worked was that actually what solved it yeah <laughs> it's, it's one of the, it was one of those traps it was one of those like quote-unquote traps that's where like um it, it just overwhelms you with information or it just really it's just it gives you nonsense but the answer is just right there and we spent a while on it yeah i remember and we said it over and over and over again finally I just like, you know what? Forget it. Tobin just does this and it, it like opened. I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a button trap. Oh, I love those. Yeah, it was it was crazy. There was in that first one of those books. Now what what was that for what were the books called? The books, uh, I'd have to pull them up. If you give me a moment, I can get that for you. Okay, like give it a second. Go ahead and ask your question, Robbie. Yeah, while you're pulling them up, um, I was gonna ask. So we have we have the Tobins, the typical player, the Tobins of the groups. Um, I'm just gonna call typical players Tobins from now on. <laughs> but um, what would you say would be your um, the opposite of that? Like, have you ever had a player who is who is the opposite of a Tobin? Uh, I would definitely say most people that start D D for the first time would be the the opposites of tobins because they're you know they're a lot more i'd say rough around the edges and they're just very well what do i do how do i do that they ask a lot of questions which you know it's not a problem you're more than welcome to ask questions but it's my thing i always tell my players is just like you know have fun with it what do you want to do what do you feel that you would do as this player be, become the character that you are playing and put yourself, you know, like RP, heavy, just think, well, what would, my, what would this person do? What would my player do in a situation like this? And my thing what, that I like to do with my, my players is like, if you can think of it, I will work my magic and let it happen. You want to do, you want to pick up a rock, do a backflip, jump off a wall and throw that rock accurately into a trash can i can do it sure you can do it too but give me like three acrobatic rolls yeah or performance check give me something yeah something like that but just you know if you if you can think it i'll go with it i'll help you bring it to life but just be the player and it's, it's like what i what we want to tell a lot of new players is is don't be scared of it you know Think of those, those off-the-wall things outside the box. Think of, um, you know, the things that you can do. 
I mean, because literally this game is open wide. You can do anything you want. It's up to the DM. It's up to the store weaver as we are to try to make that happen for them. And even with difficult players like me. Like your Tobin's? Right. <laughs> oh, but, um, but more importantly, what would you name the players who are the exact opposite of Tobin's? We have the Tobin's of the group, and what would you call the, the other ones? Uh, that's, that's kind of a tough one, honestly. Because personally for me, again, it's like most of the people that are opposite to Tobin's are just purely just because they're kind of just inexperienced. And I feel bad for like calling them out. Mm-hmm. But it's true. I I would rather them, you know, again, just get very comfortable and just kind of. I, I don't want to scare anyone off from playing D and D because it is a very wonderful game. But it's not something that anyone can just like dive into, or very few can. And for most people, it takes a moment, couple sessions, and they start loosening up. A couple more sessions, they start, they start role playing more. And then you start getting to like a token level. <laughs> but for me right now, at least, I don't know if I'd want to give someone starting off like kind of a, a name. But the goal, I guess, should be just to become a token. The goal is to become a token. Um, well, I, I mean, it, it does depend on on the uh, the table, right? It, it can't just be between the, the DM and that one player. Um because like i mean there's plenty of youtube videos about that guy um at the table um and we talked about that in uh, one of our past episodes about how to how to be a human being at the table um but you know there's always there's always one of of each category i guess there's like you know there's usually a newbie or somebody who enjoys like raven she really enjoys uh, the more happy-go-lucky uh, play style. So she doesn't normally go crazy uh, when she's a player. Um, and then there's always a Thorn who has a Tobin uh, character. But even Thorn, uh, he plays characters that aren't necessarily a Tobin because he's, he's very good at playing uh, to the character strengths. And so right now he's playing a, uh, a Paladin in Robbie's campaign, which is still... He toes the line of being uh, a crazy character, but he still he sticks to his his role. Um, and then, of course, there's the the other guy that we usually tend to kick out of tables. But <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think I, I I agree with Brian. I think that giving them giving everyone a name, like other than that guy, that guy deserves every name in the in the book. But um, the other type of players, I think it's just. A matter of what uh, what the table feels like, you know, going into it, and that's something that we talked about um, before is just setting some ground rules and saying, "Hey, this is either a, a more serious Lord of the Rings style campaign, or this is um, this is going to be like a a, a Mick a McLovin style of of campaigns." <laughs> yeah, and what you got to remember is. What you got to remember is unpredictability is not a bad thing, right? Uh, and and, it, and the the type of unpredictable I played to my character strengths. I made Tobin to be an unpredictable character. 
Um, and I made Thorne to be a paladin, or Thorne, to be <laughs> a paladin and, and follow his rule, which he has done. Um, but at the same time, the characters you make, they're going to have some kind of, of tendency that you put in there that might be more towards the way you see yourself or, or that oh, kind of, of thing. And you just have to play towards that character. Now, for all the the rookies, the newbies, the you know the new to the game, play yourself if you want to. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Have fun. Me now, personally, I've I've been playing long enough. Unpredictability to me is a blast. It is, and I would say one thing: uh, when we say to play yourself. Um, you don't necessarily have to say, you know, okay, well, if my name's Ted, then I'm, you know, I make Ted the, the human. You don't have to do that. You can, you can make it to where you're, you know, um, Scrifari, the, the, the far realm Eladrin, but his, you know, if you're a bookworm, your character is a bookworm and there it is. So it, it's more, we're telling, you know, we're saying play yourself as far as role play goes, but you can, be extravagant about what your character actually does. <laughs> I wish we could all be wizards. I think it would be fun to have magic, but it's not in the cards just yet. We haven't evolved. <laughs> but I mean, and, and think of the, my biggest thing is is with with running unpredictable players is you have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to bend and not be angry and just roll with the punches because flexible players or unpredictable players are going to just play towards your, on your last nerve sometimes. Yeah. Or on but, the opposite end, you know, sometimes it could be something really cool uh, also. You know, because an unpredictable player, if you if you give a uh, like we were talking about puzzles earlier, if you give a puzzle and you don't necessarily know what the answer to the puzzle is, you know, like the uh, like with Brian's uh, realm of the gods and it was just a black room. And what do you do? Like if your player comes up with something just off the wall, but it's feasible. Swing with it and just just go from, go for the fences. <laughs> Like praying to their god in the middle of a battle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't <laughs> know about. Listeners, as you can what? tell, uh, Thorn is probably our most unpredictable player in any of our tables that we play. Um, and he does a lot of things. And it's really fun. It's a blast. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, uh, I will say... Uh, I will say right. that I did. I did find the 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 books that we were mentioning that I ran myself for for the group. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone is interested with it, I don't know if you want me to say their name. Yeah, go ahead. So it's by a company called Two C Gaming, and the book series itself is called Fate of the Forebears. And then it's it's just so far again. There's like three books of it. The first one is that Doom of the Ish. Uh, what is it? Dooms of the Ishhad Zahor. Really weird name. <laughs> then the second one is uh, City of the Sands. That's, that's the biggest one they have that I saw. 
just because it included such a massive map and there was so much to do and Tobin had so much fun. And then the final one that, that came out so far is um, Lion's Ball, which is what uh, they were currently on. And then we kind of just dropped off for a little bit, but. Well, well I mean, life, life happens, you know, we all got busy. Um, our friend Terry moved, you know, <laughs> you yeah. moved. COVID. <laughs> COVID, COVID happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, listeners, get into the comments, email them, uh, see if they'll, uh, they'll release the next book because we want to keep playing. <laughs> it is I a really remember, good it is, It's very fun. And I remember, uh, and this is another bit of being unpredictable, was when uh, we were in that dome thing and the one God was, was messed with us. <laughs> I just screamed for the top god. Yeah, you, made me. you went and spoke to the CEO, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, and he kind of gave me a promotion. So, <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually kind of a, a brilliant tact to play. Isn't because, that kind of a common occurrence that you pray to the top god for help? Oh, yeah. I mean, but you got to remember, Tobin wasn't exactly, um, and it wasn't exactly praying. It was like, yeah. hey, I was snitching because this guy was doing something you're not, you don't like. <laughs> yeah. And so what are you going to give me to stop I remember him? correctly, I think you screamed at the top of your lungs, hey, this guy's kind of a dick. And then the god, like, Javelin, you know, godly javelin throat. I, I mean, the way Brian described it was this gigantic spear that skewered the god <laughs> or the, de- the the mini god, I guess. The demigod. The, the demigod, and then gave Tobin that power <laughs> by happenstance because he thought it was amusing. Because um, offered, he offered him basically the, the that demigod's position. I was like, hey, come work for me. Be with my group here. Leave that group. And then Tobin was about to throw that on its head. Yeah, I, I, I remember the, the ending of our last session before COVID really was that uh, you, you had said, uh, kill your party and you can have these powers permanently. Because <laughs> he gave yeah. him the power, but he said like, oh, all this could be yours kind of thing. Um, and that actually led us to uh, Thorne and I putting Tobin into my campaign because of it and we uh we threw we threw Tobin at at the rest of the party and it was a sight to see (laughs) (laughs) now when he comes in he's just pure chaos so yeah no that was uh, absolutely on purpose I had Thorn level Tobin up to level 40 so he has I mean just literal godlike modifiers and uh it, I, I don't we were in uh the big tavern you know the main tavern headquarters of where the party kept going back and forth in the campaign and just one time somebody one of the party members brought out a magic item and thorn looked at me and was like this is it right here this is this is where tobin comes in and i was like okay run with it <laughs> oh what a blast <laughs> That's the thing. With unpredictable players, you can have some of the most fun you can have. Yeah. yeah and, they definitely and bring deep. life into the, the party. Yeah. And I do. And if you're, 
I do think that uh, I do think that um, having a a wild card in the party, uh, I as a, a story weaver myself, lean on them considerably, um, because especially if you have newer players or if you have players that uh, are a little shy about role play and stuff, you can work with the wild card and you know loosen the group up because i mean if shenanigans are happening and you can get a smile into the newbie or get get some laughs out of the group everyone kind of gets a little bit more into it um especially if you have somebody who can role play really well and just gets into character because i've had i mean ravens talk to me about it that uh when she sees thorn or i role playing she doesn't see us. She sees the character that we're playing because, I mean, we've been doing it for a while. So we get we get used to getting into character. And so that loosens her up to role play and that might loosen up the next person and so on and so forth. So definitely if you're a newer DM, lean on either the wild card or the older players to help you out. Or both. Or both. Or all. Or all. Well, and, and honestly, nine times out of ten, the most unpredictable players are going to be the more experienced players. And there is nothing wrong with a DM leaning on a more experienced player to help the party loosen up. Yeah. Yeah. The and, biggest thing is like, you're just trying to have fun at the end of the day. That's the biggest thing. Exactly. And that's what we say all the time is this is a game. It's fun. That is steal fun. everything. Yeah, because just, just imagine after a long week at work, you're, everyone's tired, everyone just doesn't really want to do anything. You come to your D and D group, you have fun, you're just ready for the week. Yeah, it is definitely a chance to to unwind. I mean, nowadays, uh, Thorn, Robbie, and I have four, five campaigns going on right now. We need a yeah, lot of playing. We we play a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's such a stress release. Yes, it is. And and speaking of that, it's a good segue. Uh, Robbie does host a um, a stream, uh, Glimpse the Unknown uh, Productions on Twitch um, every, every other Monday. Um, just keep an eye out. Uh, Raven also has one that is starting to come out on Tuesdays uh, of different campaigns. So if you guys like what we do and and you want to hear an actual D&D session from us. Uh, you can check us out on uh, twitch.tv slash glimpse the unknown. Uh, and you'll also see the subtitle uh, Ugarth, which is uh, Robbie's uh, campaign name slash name of a god, right? <laughs> it's well, one of the gods. Or Ug. Um, well, Ugar- Ugarth is the campaign setting, but the god is named Ug. Right. Um, and then also, of course, uh, you can find us on Spotify and Podbean, whichever one you're listening to us right now. Um, and you can find us at Facebook uh, slash This Dungeon is Occupied. And if you like this content and you want to listen to more content, we have bonus content. Bonus content. Bonus content. <laughs> on our Patreon <laughs> at patreon.com slash This Dungeon is Occupied. Um, and there's plenty of different tiers and we use that money for new microphones and software and things we need to get thorn a new microphone and we need to get robbie a uh, a new streaming computer uh <laughs> eventually so that we can stream a little easier um so badly <laughs> we, need, uh, we need to get robbie a new like system all together everything because everything just seems to break 
for some strange reason. <laughs> I don't understand. You're the opposite of Midas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and Brian, for the the listeners, do you have any any closing words? Biggest thing I I just always have to emphasize is just just try to have fun. You know, everyone's there trying to have fun. Make it fun. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming and uh, talking with us today. Uh, and listeners, don't forget to check those dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. <laughs>